welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And a couple quick announcements. One is we have a new Facebook group. If you love talking about life after death, if you're experiencing grief, if you're somebody who wants to know the purpose of your life and you want to talk to like-minded people uh, that you might not have in your real life community, we've got a great Facebook group. On Facebook, simply type in We Don't Die Listeners and it'll bring you to our group. The second thing is, is there's a huge afterlife conference taking place this coming September 15th through 17th, 2017 in Scottsdale, Arizona in the United States. Almost 30 of the top experts in afterlife studies, afterlife communication will be there talking about all aspects of the afterlife. And if you're interested, you can go to afterlifestudies.org. And even if you can't make it, I know it might be a far trip for some people. There's some unbelievable state-of-the-art cutting-edge things that are happening in afterlife communication and just to check out who the people are and what they're doing. So now on to the show. I'm really excited. We have Scott Milligan and if you've listened to my episode 149 of this show you heard me actually come out to the public about some of this secretive stuff I've been researching and you heard me talk about physical mediumship, trance mediumship, seances, ectoplasm and two incredible visits I had to a place called the Banyan Retreat Center in Ashford, Kent in the UK. And I, beyond a shadow of a doubt, feel as if I witnessed the miraculous. Now the medium behind these incredible experiences is our guest today. This is Scott Milligan. Scott has had over 15 years of understanding the trance or altered state and has sat in well over 300 seances with three physical mediums. All this in addition to his own development. He currently teaches workshops, he does demonstrations, spends most of his time either demonstrating in seance conditions or encouraging others to sit for the spirit world. His website is scottmilligan.net. Scott is a warm, loving, generous, and fun man, and I really am truly grateful that I get to call him my friend. So Scott Milligan, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you very, very much, Miss America. Um, <laughs> when, when I hear, when you say um, fifth, over 15 years, it makes me feel very old. Yeah, you're not, um, though. <laughs> <laughs> it does after a while, you do feel a little bit old doing all of this. You know, I'm coming up to... Uh, 35 years old now and I, I've been sitting since the, the age of 15, 16. Uh, so I feel a bit of a relic and um, when you're reminded of how long you sit for, it makes you feel old. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're not. And just to clarify why you call me Miss America is we had a workshop and I was the only American there and you nicked me, nicknamed me Miss America, which I love. <laughs> so you can call me that forever. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, the problem is I can remember the name of the dead, but I can't remember the name of the living. So when I go to workshops, I have to kind of nickname everyone. And obviously, uh, as soon as you, you said hello, I was like, Miss America, that's so easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, Scott, let's talk a little bit about you. Now you've been, I know you feel old, oh. but you're not. But how did this all come about? I mean, there you were, young man growing up and uh, to be this long in mediumship, I mean, what happened that actually pulled you into it? Well, I think I think really when you speak to any true medium, I think 
think you're born with the capability and then throughout your life you get signposts to kind of nudge you on the right pathway. And when I was younger, uh, a very young lad, I used to see my grandmother on my mother's side of the family who passed before I was born. And I would always see her um, when I was alone, either in my bedroom or um, I remember far back being in my pushchair and seeing her because my nan had a very distinct mole on the side of her face. And I always remember seeing her. And uh, throughout my childhood, there was forms of phenomena, uh, especially in my bedroom where I feel my bed shake. And I used to run downstairs and say to mum, oh, the earth's moving. And I would always get told by my mum and dad, you're tired, go back to bed. And I always found this phenomenon used to happen when I was by myself. But then as years passed, I um, was very lucky. I played the UK lottery and I got five numbers. And I didn't win a lot of money, but for my age, it was a reasonable amount of money. And um, I wanted to buy a computer, which was all the rage at that time, which was a PlayStation. And um, I went to a computer shop. I went to buy a computer and I was told, don't spend your money in here. Go next door and have a reading. And I, I knew about mediumship and psychics, but I didn't understand it fully. I thought everyone was mad. And um, I went along and this lady read for me. Her name was Sylvia Collins and she was from uh, Arizona, uh, but she was living in the UK. And um, everything she was saying happened to be true. And I was from a little sleepy town and I thought everyone kind of knew everyone's business. And clearly she must have heard about my life and she was after my money. Right. And um, right. So, so I kind of dismissed it. And then all of a sudden something changed and I got a call randomly by a lady called Brenda Sheridan who said they just held a physical seance and my details were given and again I thought you're a mad person I put down the phone on her and she phoned back and she said I must insist that your name's Scott Milligan I said yes that's correct and said we've just held the seance and I would like you to come and see a gentleman by the name of John Austin never known this guy never knew this woman and something inside me told me I had to listen and I said, OK, and um, I went up and I, I met this lady and she was in her 60s and she took me to 25A Marina Avenue off Wish Road in Hove in near Brighton and um, went there, met this old boy and this old boy turned around to me and said, you're Scott Milligan. And I said, yes. And he said, oh, and your grandmother on your mother's side of the family is in the spirit world. And I said, yes, that's correct. I said, how did you know? And he said, my wife told me. And um, I thought, right, you know, something strange here. Yes. And he said, <laughs> he said to me that I would like you to sit. And I said, and sit and do what? And you've got to bear in mind, when I was 15, 16, I was a different kind of person. I was quite rude and crude. And um, he said, well, well, I'll tell you what, let's do the Ouija board. And I said, I'm not touching that. And he looked at me quite puzzling. And I said, do you think this board's going to hurt you? And I said, yes. Uh, and he picked up the board and he slapped me across the head with it. No. And no. He, he did. And he said, that's the only thing that's going to hurt you. So stop being silly and put your finger on the glass. So put finger on the glass and it spelled out Milligan's sit very quickly. Faster than I could actually spit, you know, see the, the letters. And um, it said Milligan's sit. And John said when. And it said now, now, now. And I was led from his kitchen, and bear in mind, I don't know this guy, into the front room. 
and the front room was a, a basic room and all the windows were boarded up and then there was no light in the room besides the the, the light on the ceiling and he told me to sit in the chair and close my eyes and see what happened so i closed my eyes nothing happened and um i basically told him that he was crazy and he said i want you to go and see the medium he developed what was by the name of colin fry and i said i've never heard the guy and I said, he said no, i want you to go along so i went along and a few people seemed to know me and i didn't know them and um it came back to, well, how do you know me? And he said, John's wife told me. And I was still waiting to meet this woman by the name of Geraldine Austin, which was John's wife. Mm-hmm. And Colin came in and he said, Scott, nice to meet you. He said, I'm Colin. I've heard a lot about you. I said, who by? And he said, John's wife. And I was like, <laughs> who is this John's wife? Mm-hmm. So never known what to expect. Didn't Wasn't told what to, was going to happen. And Colin came in. Everyone was searched. And he was tied to a chair. And I thought, well, hang on, this is strange. And as he was being tied to a chair, the door was sealed up and fabric was put over it. And then, unknown to everyone, I'm scared of the dark. Oh. And um, yes, there's a big O oh oh. there. And I was scared of the dark. And I was trying to be a you know, fine specimen of the man. And um, they turned up the white lights and red light was on. And a curtain was drawn around Colin. And we were asked to hold hands. And the lady next to me on my left was a lady called Marlene Wargar. And the lady on the right was Joan Avis, who's an independent direct voice medium, which I'll come to a bit later. And they told me I had to sit still and sing. Now, if anyone's heard my voice, I'm not the best singer in the world. Um, and I don't profess to, to be the best singer. And the lights went out and I've started to panic. And unknown to me, the audio recording machine was behind my head. So all you hear on this recording is me gasping because I'm panicking because I'm scared of the dark. And all of a sudden we had to sing. And in the middle of this room was a a glow-in-the-dark cone called the seance trumpet. And when we started to sing Drunken Sailor, and when we got to Hooray and Up She Rose, this trumpet lifted off the floor at speed. And I've screamed. And I'm, I'm a proud man, but I screamed out of fear. And I've squeezed the people either side of me and they told me to be still. And this trumpet flew around the room, not hitting anyone. And Marlene shouted out and said, Charlie, is that you? And the trumpet stopped and it went to say yes. And she said, I'm so excited. It's Scott's first time. And you hear me and forgive my, my rudeness. Is I said, shut up, bitch, because <laughs> I was scared. Yeah. Absolutely terrified uh, because it's bringing attention to me. And all of a sudden his voice came out in the air and said, is it, mister? And it was a child's voice. Let me get my legs. And I'm thinking, what the bloody hell is going on here? And God strike me down. I heard a child from the cabinet, which is where Colin was sitting, found me in the dark out of 30 people, took my hand without fumbling. It was a child's hand. It was warm. It was a, it was, it was a living hand. And he said, nice to meet you. And he said, God, you've got big hands, which I have. I've got big hands. And he said, and he kicked my feet and he said, you've got big feet and all. And the moment he touched me, I felt love. Wow. My, my fear melted away. It was a child. It was a child. And he ran back in the cabinet and all of a sudden this old man walked out the cabinet, a solid old man. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Alec Guinness. 
And you hear me on this tape saying, who the bloody hell's Alec Guinness? And his voice came back as clear as clear can be and said, young man, I was always known as Obi-Wan bloody Kenobi. And I screamed and I went, oh, my God, the force is strong with you. Oh, my. <laughs> Which laugh. And um, I said to him, can you sign this piece of paper? Because my dad won't believe me. And he said no. And he walked back in the cabinet. And during the seance, I went from believing to knowing within a heartbeat. Colin's chair, bear in mind, Colin was tied to it, lifted in the air and floated up to two metres and fell at force, which made me scream. And the light on and I all these faces, which basically it was all normal. And obviously I, I looked like I, I died um, out of fear, but also going from believing to knowing. And I ran out that room, phoned John and said, yes, I want it. I want to sit. I want to learn. I want to know more about it. And he said, you've got a month to learn humility and manners. And he said, we'll sit for you to develop you, but to stay close to Colin. And I say, Colin, and I extraordinary things through physical mediumship. Absolutely extraordinary. Wow. I, I just want to say we have a little bit of a sound thing that sometimes you cut in and out and just asking our listener just to, you know, your brain will put together the pieces and just, uh, just stay listening. You know, it's just, we're, I'm delighted that we have the technology of Skype, but it's not absolutely perfect today. So just, uh, but like I said, your brain will get it. And, uh, and so Scott, we, we do hear 98% of it. Okay, well, it, Skype is a bit like communication from the spirit world, isn't it? Yeah. You know, as a medium works, sometimes we get we hear it clearly and sometimes we don't. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Excellent. Yeah. So just keep talking, though, because I, I know that you might, and it's true, my brain just fills in the missing words, and it's only a few here and there, but uh, I'm I'm... I'm so excited about your story because, I mean, my first experience with you in the seance room, at least I knew kind of what was to happen, but I was still shocked and delighted and tears of joy and that love. And I thought, we need to, we need the world to know that this is possible. So continue on your story. Okay. Well, can I just explain what the difference between mental and physical is? Yes, of course. Okay, so mental mediums or um, survival mediums, I think they're called in, in other places, or a gallery medium, stands on a platform and through their senses relay information and you say yes, no, don't know. And the moment that information is recognised, it becomes evidence. With a physical medium, we sit there and everyone in the room, if you're mediumistic or not, hears it and experiences it. And that's the difference between mental and physical and um trance is different to channeling um trance is, is where the mind is cloaked so heavily by the spirit you, you the mind used to then relay information and voices come uh, from a uh, discarnate mind to bring us the truth that there is life after life the spirit people have said to me time and time again, the greatest lie in this world is death, as there is no death. Death is but a doorway. It is a stepping stone for something greater to come. And I find that very interesting. 
and uh, uh, a wonderful spirit cater recently and described death to us and i would like to share this thought with you yes because a lot of us fear, a lot of us fear death because we don't know um exactly the process and um a lovely lady from the spirit world said um death was like the first time they stepped on upon an airplane it's the fear of getting on there it's along the journey there may be a bit of bumps along the way you feels like you're out of control and then all you touch down and you look back and you think about what all the fuss was about. <laughs> and I think that's a lovely way that the spirit world have said death is like the first time you go on the aeroplane. It's a fear of the unknown. But once you get there, all that fear melts away. Great. So going back to um, the stories I would like to share with you from that moment of sitting on the first sitting with at John's house, when my circle was formed, we had raps and taps on. Friends, are you there? You hear knock, knock. Um, and we, we developed a code where one, one knocks no, two knocks yes, and three knocks a don't know. And on the 11th sitting, so this is 11 weeks into the development, we had a voice in midair, and the word went, uh, yes, and that was it. <laughs> now, this is when you're developing. This is not being it with Colin? Or is it? No, this isn't. This isn't with Colin. It's literally within the month of the, my development of sitting, and we had nothing for two and a half years. Wow! How many people are in the in the group that you're sitting with? Well, in those days, I had five people, and in in this in now, I have uh, Anne, uh, Jan, Nick, Stephen, who are owners of Banyan. Lorraine and Darren, a lady who flies from America and sits with me when she can, who's the booking secretary for Kingswell's House, and we have another lady from Australia who flies over and sits with me when she can. And so there's eight people and nine including myself. But in the beginning days, it was just five Just people. five. Five people. And we got wonderful results very early, but then we had nothing. For two and a half and years. I for two and a half years and that's where Colin played a big part in my development by going to sit with him as often as I can kept on reaffirming that I must and I think the spirit world kind of whets our appetite if I will uh, and gives us signposts that there's something there and those who are listening to these words if you think about if you are a medium and the first time you you saw the spirit world or the first time you gave a contact how easy it was and then as time passes it gets harder and harder and harder and i think the spirit world shows us that when we start to if we have expectations and we think it's going to work like this or work like that it won't work the first time it happens you're free and you don't know how it's going to work so it happens naturally and i think what we've started to understand is that we're moving away from the natural unfoldment and trying to box it, label it, uh, structure it, when the spirit world wants us to be free as a bird. Scott, those two and a half years, was it every week at a certain hour, a certain day that you'd meet, and how long would you sit? Yes. Um, we would meet every Wednesday. Uh, we would meet at 8 o'clock, and we would sit for about an hour and a half, and we weren't allowed to have time off. Um, my circle leader 
instilled these principles, same time, same place, same people and harmony. And um, going back to seeing how strong a circle leader must be, John Austin, extremely strong leader of my group, but also Colin's group. And one time I was sitting for Colin and John had formed this circle to sit and we would always have to meet half an hour before eight o'clock. So half hour would be preparing ourselves, relaxing, uh, calming ourselves down to create the best uh, environment for the spirit people to to um, speak to us. And um, so we turned up at John's at quarter past seven. I was a little bit earlier, set up the room, I think was right. And half past came and everyone arrived, but there was no Colin. And I said to John, what do we do? And he said, give him five more minutes. So we went, OK, five minutes passed and said, what do you want us to do? He gets get the biscuits ready for afterwards. So I was like, OK, uh, quarter two. So, you know, 15 minutes before the sit in now, what do you want me to do? Well, we'll start getting everyone in. So we started getting everyone into the room. And um, John started to make his preparations by going to the toilet, getting the water ready, etc. Five two came. He told me to go and lock the gate and lock the door. So I locked the gate. And as I walked back towards the door, I heard a car pull up. And I knew it was Colin. So I shouted to John and said, oh, Colin's here. And he said, and? I said, well, OK, shall I go and let him in? He went, no. And I can hear Colin shouting, saying, John, I'm here, I'm here. Come on, John, can you open the gate? And I said, two seconds, Colin. And John came to the door and he shouted, if you come and sit and prepare yourself, don't bother sitting at all, go away. And he shut the door and I could hear Colin shouting. And we walked into the seance room and Colin was our medium. And John said, sit. So we said, okay, and we sat. And for an hour, we sang to create an atmosphere for the spirit people. And um, I, after the hour, I took the key out and locked the door and locked the gate. And there was Colin. And Colin was a heavy smoker. And he was uh, smoking away. And he smoked because he was so angry. And he went up to John and he said, I was stuck in traffic. I couldn't have got here any sooner. And he said, all these people here have traveled great distance to come and support you and the spirit. If you're not prepared... To give yourself to the spirit world in the best conditions, there's no point sitting at all. And he said, we wouldn't have got a good sitting because you wouldn't have prepared yourself. And if it happens again, you can go away. I'll give up the circle. And um, Colin was shocked. Circle leader, superb. If you're going to make a circle for the spirit people, our friends, you've got to create harmony, but you've got to have discipline. Physical mediumship is extremely rare and it needs to have the right environment to grow. Colin was extremely powerful in his, his mediumship and it took 21 weeks for him to produce a materialization that sit in once a week. But his circle sat for 40 years before Colin came along to power. And Colin was only in his 30s and 40 years they sat. 40 years they sat and they sang every Wednesday, uh, every Tuesday, sorry. Um, every Tuesday they would sit and they would sing. They had extraordinary phenomena. The, the table would levitate. We had electronic voice phenomena, um, which you would uh, hear uh, Geraldine talking. And the table would move so fast she couldn't write down what the responses were. So they would audio record it. And John and Geraldine killed in a train crash. 
many years before, which made them set out investigating life after life. And um, their son communicated through the table and you would hear her say, is that you, uh, boys? And then you would hear on the tape recorder her saying, uh, the table has said yes, welcome, boys. And um, the cat walked in and you would hear Geraldine on the recorder saying, be careful of the cat. But on this occasion, when she said, is that you, boys? You would hear yes, mum, on the recording. And it was Howard's voice talking back to her who had died several years beforehand. And when the cat walked in, she said, be careful of a cat. And you would hear Howard, her son, say, don't worry, I won't hurt Blackie, which was the cat's name. So they had independent voice um, partially and they had electronic voice phenomena and they had table levitation. But it all kind of kicked off and Colin came as the medium. And Colin's mediumship was predicted by Doris Fisher-Stokes 40 years before Colin sat. And in Belgrave Square, where John and Geraldine were watching Doris Fisher-Stokes demonstrate, she gave 39 names of their family members, which were all taken. And she said that the dead will walk again in your front room. Trumpets would lift and voices will be heard. Now go away and work at it. Hmm. How was Colin brought into all of this? Well, Colin um, kind of was mediumistic, but he was a carpet fitter. And John and Geraldine wanted a new carpet for the seance room. And it just so happened that they went along to this place and Colin was the manager. And Colin went over and said, can I help you? And Geraldine said, nope, you can't. Please go away. Thinking that he was trying to sell her something. And um, all of a sudden, once they picked the carpet, they said, oh, okay, buy this carpet. And Colin was actually elected to fit the carpet in the seance room. And Colin went along and was met by Geraldine with, with tea and biscuits. He went into the seance room and John Austin said to him, we hold seances here. What's your thoughts on that? And Colin said, well, I am interested, but I, I've never sat really in a seance before. He said, would you like to come along and experience my table phenomena? And he said, yes, please. And on the Sunday, um, Colin sat and the table started to move quite aggressively and it would always knock into John to tell John that he was the medium. And on this occasion, it rocked and it went into John um, Colin's lap. And um, wow. John said, I've been waiting for you. And um, they started to sit. And within about the matter of two to three weeks, Colin slipped into trance. And in those days, we used to have different communicators. And they're in. One was Felix. But the first one that ever spoke was Alexander Bell, who invented the telephone and said that he will help with communication. Within 21 weeks, he had produced enough ectoplasm for the spirit people to become solid. And he was then known as a materialization medium. And that was back in 1991, I believe. Wow. Just a couple of questions in here, because uh, you bring yes, up the please. term ecto ectoplasm. Not everybody knows what yeah. that is. Uh, and in this uh, trance state, is Colin or yourself, are you totally, I don't want to say knocked out, but not present to what's happening? Well, Colin was knocked out, and then he was allowed to stay awake during the seance, so he was able to hear the voices, which came from the ectoplasmic voice box. Now, ectoplasm is made up of the life force of the medium. Everyone has 
the capability of produ producing this energy, a physical abundance of it. And it's when our energy is then mixed with the spirit's energy, it causes a stimulation and the stimulation then produces this form of, of phenomena called ectoplasm, which exudes from the medium's orifices. So it comes out the ears, it comes out the eyes, nose, mouth, the gland system around the neck, the medulla oblongata gland at the base of the skull. It comes through the, the pores of the skin and it also can come out your toilet area. Um, now, I was never a deep trance medium in the early days, so I was able to experience certain forms of phenomena and certain experiences when uh, a rod came out my stomach and it felt like cramp you know when you, you sit on the floor uh, and do a lot of sit-ups and you get like a kind of cramping sensation in, in in your tummy yeah that's how it felt like when it was being extracted um but as the more uh, um, of a more adult phenomena started to to occur then i was going into a much deeper state and now i'm not aware of the phenomena uh, they do wake me up and i'm allowed to be awake and sometimes i hear the voices which i i absolutely adore and the voices are normally um to the right of me uh, uh probably about 50 centimeters away uh, sometimes it's closest by my ear and I can hear it very clearly and sometimes it's further out and everyone can hear it in the room and I'm allowed to talk to them. And that, that trumpets are floating up in the air and I know that the voice box is formed from the back of my neck and the trumpets are connected to around my, my solar plexus area. Absolutely incredible. And this is all done in the dark, correct? It, it's predominantly done in the dark um, because where was life created? Within darkness, within the womb of the mother. And or if you look at a plant being grown, it has to go to the darkness of the earth. And then when it's ready, it spouts to the light. And there is a lot of controversy over this. As mediums, we have to sit in the condition that the spirit world would allow us. Now, the spirit world don't need darkness. They don't. They're superior to that. But the medium does. The medium needs the darkness. But in the early days of my unfoldment, we used to have the light on quite often where you would get photographs of the phenomena and photographs of the ectoplasm and um in front of about uh, 80 people at the arthur finley college in stansted when i was demonstrating there uh, a medium called uh, said to me i've never seen an apple in red light and i'm searched as normal and she was invited up and in red light she saw this a bracelet a solid silver bracelet with five amber stones in there and that appeared from my mouth uh, but my everything was checked beforehand and my mouth opened. She said she saw a shimmer of light and it looked like my face kind of inflated a little bit. And out came this this bracelet, which was ice cold. Um, and that was an airport. That's incredible. Uh, we used to have a lot of phenomena. In you say incredible. I think it's quite normal. Um, well, for I, you. I, <laughs> 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 See, this has been my life. For so many, yeah. and, and you know, at one time I sat in seances for seven and a half years every night, and it became so normal. You know, we had from from parrots materializing, dogs barking, horses walking out, elephants materializing. We had the mediums dematerializing like walls. We had objects raining down like rain, of apples, coins flying around the room, levitation. This was all normal to us, absolutely normal. And um, I think what comes across in our demonstrations, it has to come across normal. 
And we're asking people to come in and sit in extraordinary conditions in darkness to trust us. And but we had a lot of phenomena like, but we personal communication. And the point of my mediumship is to get a mum and dad up in the morning who've been devastated by the word death. I get in a, a child up who's had both their parents killed or have a husband have an extra two minutes to talk to their loved one. That's my purpose. And when we were doing it a lot in red light, we never had family members. And thank God now, once we crept back into the darkness of the sounds room, we're having voices which are recognized. Yeah, the phenomena is great. And now how did you know there was an elephant in the room? Oh, it materialized. It materialized. Um, I was in, in the red light. This wasn't in red light, and I, I know that it was an elephant. And I let me, you know, bear with me just for a second. Okay. But the room we were demonstrating in was a very large wooden cabin, very large wooden cabin, which seated about 35 of us. And I was very close to the medium. And as I was sitting there, this mound of eggs rolled out, rolling across the floor and hitting me. And you could feel it. And then all of a sudden it started to form something and the floor started to bend and was creaking. So it showed it had weight. And because it was a hot day, I was wearing shorts and a short sleeve top. And I started to feel what can only be described as a bottom of a foot. You know, when a foot's really dry, it felt like that and it had stubble. And then all of a sudden the wings started to flap, which I thought was wings, but it wasn't ears of and the trunk wrapped around my leg and as it wrapped oh. around my leg i was able to feel the elephant it, i felt the ears but everyone in the room heard it and was hearing the noises of this baby elephant but what was even more extraordinary was a man then materialized with the elephant and the man was a father of someone who was present in this room and he said i want to speak to my son and this boy started to respond and he was able to speak to his father had a heart when he was a child this boy he remembered that his father used to work with the mahuts and the mahuts used to look after these elephants and he remembered this baby elephant dying and he said i cried myself to sleep when this baby elephant died so on this night not only did he have proof of his father speaking to him the elephant came back to say hello as well and i thought that was uh, that was awesome that was absolutely awesome um, and I don't expect anyone to believe a word I to experience. I will not. There, there is no benefit of me lying. There's no benefit uh, because lies always find the truth in the end. And um, the parrots what used to materialize and you would hear the birds fly around the room. And this I remember this little old lady. She must have been about 73 years old um, or, or older. And her parrot um, died when she was in her 20s. And this parrot materialized, and you heard this woman laughing, going, who's a pretty boy? And you heard, pretty boy, pretty boy. <laughs> and it was flapping around. And everyone's going, oh, 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 it's on my shoulder. Oh, it's on my hair. And you went, and it flapped around while the sounds continued. And, you know, it was magic. It was oh, so magical. I, I like the animals more than the human beings. Uh, but if you were uh, to know about Hunker Selkirk's mediumship, they materialized the lion in, in red light. And a lion materialized and went over and started licking the arms of the sitters. A gentle lion. Yes. <laughs> now, the spirit, <laughs> the spirit world have said that it can only materialize animals that have been touched by the hand. 
because if it was a wild animal and it materialized the first instinct is to hunt so the any animal that they materialized had to be touched by a human hand it must have been tamed it must know the friendship between a human and itself because could you imagine you know the newspapers seance ended when everyone was killed by a lion <laughs> wow now is this when colin was in the cabinet that these things were no, happening this was david thompson this one uh, david thompson david thompson Thompson in his unfoldment and what I liked sitting with David and sitting with Colin they were both extreme mediums they, they were both opposite ends Colin's mediumship was very evidential it was it was beyond accuracy it was so accurate it's unbelievable but his phenomena was was tamed because the sitters only wanted proof of survival with David's circle they wanted the phenomena so he was developed as a phenomena medium. So we would have phenomena and David, what you want through me, do what you need through me. And the other world would just go, OK. And they would just kind of push the bar each time. And I loved that because it was great seeing the phenomena. But I loved the wisdom of the um, philosophy when the spirit people would materialize. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Did you ever have a, a relative of yours come through? Oh, yeah. In a seance? Yeah, a couple of times. I had my sister materialize, um, and I didn't know I had a sister. Um, kept a little bit quiet. Um, but, yes, she materialized when uh, in the early days of, of Colin and early days of me sitting, and that was very evidential because I didn't know. I, I found out for myself. Um, I had my granddad materialize. Um, my father's dad materialized who we never met and he gave his name, which was Frank senior. And his name was Frank Wilson. Um, and it, it gave me incredible evidence and uh, having that moment of, of having your love, uh, it's, it's a very magical moment. You know, uh, last year I was struck by my father passing and, um, in, in a, not a nice way. And if someone could give me 30 seconds, bit of oxygen, where I was able to either see, hear, or hold my father in a seance, I would give him everything I own and more. And that is the purpose of what we should be doing as mediums, is giving people that little bit of hope and taking out to death. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the phenomena is great, definitely, no doubt about it. But when I sat in your seance and the voices of loved ones were having conversations yeah. with the people in the room. So specific. Yes. So specific. That's what it's about. It's magic, isn't it? And that's what I love. And the, the spirit world said the phenomena is a stepping stone for something greater to come. And, um, they have to do these, these kinds to barriers, but also make people relax into the seance. Everything that happens, I know through my mediumship, I can't speak for other people. Everything that happens must have a reason and uh, relevance to it. So if they were um, asking for a typewriter being brought in and we would ask why, and they said because they need to find accuracy with touch. So they would use keys to spell out words to work out accuracy of touch. And then they may ask in an egg, an egg without crushing it, or they may ask for plasticine. And they, they will hold plasticine or Play-Doh without denting it. So they know how to touch people. Because in the early days, uh, when they came to touch you, they wouldn't touch you tap, you know, gently. They would uh, kind of hit you on, on the leg. 
and because they didn't know how hard they were coming through and touching. So it's like they, they're learning as we learn. Because don't they mentally have to, I don't even know what's left in the unseen world if they're just energy, but it has to be their energy and their thought that yes. tries to remember what their voice is or what their touch was like. I mean, I can't even imagine how easy, that wouldn't be easy. It, it, can't, it can't be easy. And the spirit world have, have explained this. Now, when they, they come through the voice box, they have to think how they sound. And to me, I sound really manly and butch. But actually, when I hear myself on the tape recorder, I'm squeaky. Uh, I'm not the person that I think I sound like. But right. to remember that, they also have to learn to lower their thoughts so they can step into this ectoplasm. And the spirit people have said that stepping into the ectoplasm is like wearing layers of clothes which are all wet. They feel very heavy. And it's not, um, not as easy for them to, to come back as in that capacity. But they, we all have, a, a, we have two bodies. We have our physical body and we have our spirit body. The spirit body is known as the etheric body or the astral body. And that comes when we die. So when we die, our bodies, you know, the spirit world have said our bodies belong to the earth. You know, it's borrowed by the earth. It's made from the earth. But our souls belong to eternity. And so the our physical body will die a death and, and turn back to dust. But our, our spirit body will continue within within the other world. And that spirit body will play a big part in communication. We use it as mediums at the moment. And move into our and hear, see, feel, and experience the spirit. We we move into into this this body when we sleep. You know, a lot of people may experience when they sleep lifting off the bed, and some people may experience being pinned to the bed. And this is where you know TV hasn't done us justice. You know, TV says it's a spirit person trying to get in or ripping you out, etc. That's a load of old nonsense. What happens is that we move into our spirit body. Our spirit body temporarily leaves or moves to but our brain is just aware of it. So this sensation of lifting is a very euphoric feeling and, and we're very relaxed, but it has to return. And when it returns, that's when we get the paralysis, makes it feels like we're being pinned to the bed. And it's a very natural process and it's a very quick process. But because our soul doesn't know time, we try and associate it to time, and it may feel like it lasts for about 10 minutes. Actually, it's quick as a, as a heartbeat. Mm, I, there's no question, Scott, by you experiencing this, th that feeling that you've got to know more, you've got to do it, you've got to be able to help others. Because grief, is the to me, is the most painful thing I've ever experienced when my dad died. It's awful. And because grief doesn't care who you are, what age you are, what sexuality you are, rich or poor, it doesn't care. It's like cancer. It does not care. It hits you. And even though we are mediums, it doesn't soften the blow. You know, it's the physical touch we miss. And, you know, as I said to you, my world was destroyed last year. I still have faith in the spirit world and I still know there is a life after life. It's just sometimes I wish that they can just draw back that curtain so we can see them a bit more clearer. Yes, uh, definitely. I think the spirit world have got it right. They said that death is like us moving to Australia. And if you live in Australia, it's like moving to UK. Sometimes we can pick up the phone and just let you know we're all right. And one mm. will take an ultimate trip. And the spirit world say we don't die. They say we migrate. And I think migrate is the word. Yeah, we migrate. I like that. I love it, actually.
Yeah, um, we migrate. Can we talk about some of the philosophy that's come through? Because to, yeah. I've been in the seance room with you, and I, I, and going to Banyan Retreat Center, I tell you, I will be there every year for the rest of my life. It is the greatest <laughs> place. Uh, with Nick and Stephen, I just I love it. Um, we can talk more about that too. But you've had when you go into trance, you've had uh, people speaking through you because I I witnessed a question and answer period that your eyes were closed and it was clear that like your mind was in some other room. But then someone spoke through you. Could you talk a little bit about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those folks are. You know, tr- trance is is a very beautiful experience, and people believe that the spirit world enter your body. They don't. They stand behind you or in front of you. And then through thoughts, they pass it through your mind. And the medium's voice changes. And that and when we put the voice through at, um, sound equipment, it comes up non-human. It comes off the, the name decibel, which I find quite interesting. Um, but when trance occurs, the medium's mind is so heavily cloaked by the thoughts of the spirit they, for us, it's like we're in a me- very deep daydream uh, or asleep, and um, the other world then are uh, able to speak through you and answer questions. And maybe I don't, I don't remember the day, and I find it very interesting when people are allowed to ask the spirit people questions. That the head, my head, turns to face them before they've even asked their question, which shows that the other world kind of pick up on who's going to ask the question next, even though that the eyes are closed. And um, what I find interesting, um, that mainly when we do the trance Q&A, we have a lovely man who is one of the loves of my, my lives from the other world by the name of Eric Robert Johnston. And he's a Torian man, and his education is, is beyond my comprehension. And he never shies away from any question, and people ask whatever questions, and he will answer it. And he's the one who tries to teach me... Um, how to be a better person and um, trying to strive for me. Now, he's not my guide. Uh, my guide, uh, who my personal guide, is the one that teaches me spirituality, who I'm aware of an energy and I'm aware of him being oriented towards it. And he's not through me yet. But Eric, Daniel and Morning Star, they are my workers and they work within the Austin Wish Circle, but they also work through other people as well which I, you know, I find quite interesting because it shows they're just, they're not an, a fragment of my imagination. And Austin Wish Circle is your circle. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's my circle. We named it the Austin Wish Circle. Uh, that's my home circle who, who sit to develop me. Mm. Would it be all right if um, maybe after this interview, we can attach some of the files of some of maybe Eric oh, yeah, speaking? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, the work is there to be shared. Um, if they want the full copies, they can all, they can download them from my website and you can hear, hear the voices ask, you know, answering questions. We are going to put more on there because um, I kind of Eric said, said to me one time um, when I became quite big headed. He said, if you desire to be a star, then you will. But all stars will fade and turn to dust. But those who contribute to, to humanity will live forever in the hearts and minds of your tomorrows. And that kind of hit me very hard when, the, when he said, you know, if you desire to be a star, then you will. But stars will fade and turn to dust. And so I kind of try and keep my work to myself 
And um, I get really embarrassed when I hear the voices on a tape recorder. Uh, um, I get uh, but I like it when they talk uh, very uh, thought-provoking questions. Like, um, oh, I don't know. I'm put on the spot now. Uh, no, that's all right. Just, let me just share that I know that I got a taste of it when I went to Banyan and I heard you speak or Eric speak through you. And there is... You know, there's one way when people talk to you and you just think, oh, yeah, that's just their mind speaking. But to hear him, you just, I just felt, I mean, it's truth. You know, like it just resonates as truth. Uh, and there was no, it, it, and the philosophy was so profound as if, like when I'm talking, I'm stuttering a little and a few ums and things like that. There's none of that no. in the spirit world. Then that shows how the, the intelligence of the spirit world, because when someone's under the influence of the spirit, um, they they there's no fluffing with their words. It, it just flows like a river. And um, what I found really interesting is that with, at the trance Q&A, we had a high up in the police force and he was a very educated man. And he was speaking to Eric as a, um, a physicist and Eric was batting the answers back. And he said that his IQ is beyond this man. Now, I am dyslexic. I was found to be dyslexic at a very l late age in, in discovering it. I was 11 years old. They should have caught it quite earlier. Um, I have a reading age of about a five-year-old. I have a recall age at that time of 1%. And so I'm not educated. I failed all my GCSEs. I've only got Cs and Ds. Uh, and one F because school bored me. And um, so I wasn't educated, but Eric was batting these questions back and they were beyond comprehension. And when he put it through the machine, Eric had a 1.3 second response. I have a 1.7 second response. And he said, it's coming out quicker than the person's question. Sometimes he's very clever. He will actually answer the question and then he would answer the other question that you were thinking about which showed that he picked up on that thought beforehand and uh, that, that came apparent when I spoke to Magnus who was through Colin and I am actually a very painfully shy guy um, which is you know people who know me now say yeah right but I, I am actually very shy and on this occasion I was going to speak to Magnus and this was going to be of about 40 years and I didn't want to sound stupid. So I was going through my questions and I wanted to ask a question about, um, I don't know, colour. And I thought, I'm not going to ask that question. I changed the question. And then I changed it again. And I changed it again, all in my head. And I was travelling up there and I was on the train and it was only a five minute train. And I said, right, Magnus, I'm going to ask this question. And as I was in the room and Magnus came to speak to us, it got closer and closer to my time to ask this question. Changing it, and then I kept on changing it again. And I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to ask the question. And I said, uh, "Good evening, Magnus." He said, "Good evening, young man." And he said, "The answer to your first question is this. Answer to your second question is that. And answer to your third question is because I heard your vo your thoughts when you're on your choo choo train. Guard your thoughts well, my boy, because you never know who's going to listen." Wow. And I tell you what, I I had about sixteen thousand questions afterwards. <laughs> oh my god do you do it like this do you do it like that and it and it just made me understand that the spirit world are but a thought away 
And the spirit world had told me and tell people who sit with me, there are no answers. There's only questions that lead to greater questions. Wow. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And on, I just want to say that after returning home, I became one of your biggest fans. And that's why I returned to Banyan oh. to take a workshop with you. And I get it. It's not just you. I mean, you've got a, a spirit team that's working through you, which I'm very grateful for. But on your website, scottmilligan.net, if you go to the store, because this is what I did, and you can click on CDs, and there's actual real CDs, or, you know, I live far from you, so I downloaded four of your CDs uh, on audio and I listen to them when I drive because there's so many different topics coming and you know to me they sound like answers but I get it they're you know lead to more questions but they are so comforting on so many different subjects and as a as a treat to our listener when we do conclude this episode there is going to be some bonus material at the end i'm not going to tell you what it is you will be surprised uh but it's really great and and these are these are our spirit friends talking so you're going to want to stay tuned to that oh, where do we go now i don't know scott i, I think i don't know it's like a it's like it's, it's it's limitless. This, you know, all the great mediums of the past. If you do your history, you'll know of extraordinary phenomena. Um, yeah. And you know, this stuff is absolutely mind blowing. Like I said, with Hunker Selkirk, they materialized animals. Um, with Alec Harris, they sat in the light, and uh, they had Rohan, who was uh, the um, oh, he was an Arab man, and he materialized in full regalia, and he walked out the room, and in love and everyone saw and he would walk back into the cabinet and then white wing would materialize a native american in full headdress and then topsy the little child would then materialize and then all three of them would walk out at once well there's such a great book that his wife wrote yes the me you know the mediumship of alec harris yes and really fantastic he's my idol but my other idol is leslie flint which was the independent direct voice medium who had the book called uh, voices in the dark and, and who is on Facebook, you can find him. He um, helped run the Leslie Flint uh, website where you hear the voices of the spirit talking, especially Mickey talking, cheeky little chappy. But who are you talking about that runs the website? Uh, Carl Jackson Barnes. Well, isn't that funny that you mention it? Because you don't know this, but he was my last interview. <laughs> Now, isn't that interesting? Maybe the other world are trying to orchestrate something. Who knows? Yes, 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 yes. So we spent over an hour and he actually included clips. So you'll have to listen to that. I'll send you the link to it. Yeah, there's no coincidences here. Oh, no, there's no coincidence whatsoever. I believe, like with all mediumship, you don't have to worry about your development. If you're meant to develop, you will develop. And um, it's like my circle was formed where I didn't have to search. The other world had it in hand. Um, you have to trust. And trust is a big word. Yeah. You must trust. Yes. Um, did you just mention what the Christmas tree seances are? Yes. Oh, they're, they're fab. I love them. They're, there's not, not many things I get excited about besides the Christmas and the Christmas demonstrations and sitting for the seances. But the Christmas tree seances are slightly different. We bring in a Christmas tree. A bacon, Christmas tree can range from a foot high to like five foot. It's 
and everyone brings presents and the presents range from toys to alcohol and what happens is that the spirit people uh materialize children and you hear the children come through and you it's chaos absolute chaos you hear wrapping paper being torn boxes being opened you hear children laughing you hear them eating mince pies you hear them running around the room it's the only time i allow the spirit whatever they want to destroy the tree they can if they want to destroy the presence they can it's about having a party time for them and um one of my companions daniel loves whiskey so he'll drink whiskey during the seance um now if he drinks whiskey whiskey has a strong potent smell people can sniff me and they won't smell any alcohol on me but I'll be drunk if they take my blood. So my blood will show that I have alcohol in my system because whatever Daniel drinks goes straight back into my blood. Even just half a glass, I get absolutely pie-eyed. <laughs> yeah, which, which reminds me. I mean, it's your body out there in the room. This ectoplasm is you. So it, it is dangerous for you. It, it, you need to make sure it's a safe space. It is dangerous. And the problem that we find is that People don't have the education that comes to a demonstration and everyone wants proof and quite rightly so, but people will go to extreme lengths and they will hurt them in such a way work anymore. And um, that happened with Alec Harris. It happened with Helen Duncan. It happened to Leslie Flint. Colin almost died in 2002 in a seance that I attended. It was really, it was awful, awful. Uh, He blistered, burnt, he he was hemorrhaging. It was awful. Uh, and it showed you what people acting inappropriately can do. Um, I got very badly burnt in 2014 at the Arthur when it like they materialized a dog and the dog was barking. And we had a glow-in-the-dark rope, which the spirit people hold the rope and they show their hands. So you're able to see their hands forming. And they materialize two pairs of hands, so you see two hands, and then another hand would materialize, and so you have three hands holding this glow in the dark rope. And the, the spirit people said it was too bright, so they put it down the side, and the guy picked it up and threw it um, towards what sounded like the dog barking, and the ectoplasm recoiled back into me and uh, and badly around. Also, I burned Eileen Davis's hands because she was sitting closest to me. So it is. it takes years to develop us and a second to destroy it. And ectoplasm is made of the life force of the medium. It's also made of chemicals as well, white and red blood cells, sulfur, skin cell. Um, it's also made of a chemical, not of this world. Um, and it's dangerous. But smoking can be dangerous. Overeating can be dangerous. Everything can harm you. But as long as you do it in moderation, you're safe. And it was said to me just recently uh, that every time we sit in the chair and get tied down and we do a seance, it's like having a gun put to my head. And every sitter has a piece of string which is connected to the trigger. And I'm at their will. If they if they want to act inappropriately, they pull uh, pull the, the cord and that, that then hurts me. Um, we had a lady at Banyan uh, last year stood up during the demonstration and she completely panicked doing personal communication and um i vomited and i had like acid burn all down the back of my throat but that was just simple movement you have to really as the medium trust 
where you are. And I mean, you can only go so far. I mean, yeah. people are still people and do crazy things. Uh, but I think, you know, there's, there's so much skepticism and it's one of those things where I personally had to experience it to believe it. Oh, I wanted it to be true. I so wanted it to be true. And, you know, even explaining it to people, nobody, nobody understands. So many people don't. Well, it was in the dark. And, and then you hear of people that are actually fraudulent in this oh, yeah. that are out to you know, prey on the grieving. Well, those people, and let me make this absolutely clear, those people who prey on vulnerable minds, they they need shooting. There is no death, so dispatch them, get rid of them, because that's the low. That's the lowest of the low. If you've got a grieving mother there who's dead here from their and Judy shows or, or people stupidly doing stuff, they, you know, they should be named and shamed and flogged. <laughs> you know, it's, it's wrong. Um and yes, people are sceptical, and quite rightly so. But hopefully within minutes of the sound starting, you should feel the love, you should feel the presence, you should feel the atmosphere changing. But the voices should win your reason. The demonstration will move you from believing to knowing. But I would always suggest everyone who comes into the seance room, leave all your troubles at the door, but always have the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Angel being open mind, devil being questioning mind. I'm not here to convince anyone. I'm not here to change anyone's beliefs. I'm here just to sit and give an opportunity to the spirit world to see if there is possible through everyone there to touch as many lives as possible. But unfortunately, there are people out there. And um, last year, there was one um, that was found out to be fraudulent and i can't say his name but you can probably find it on the internet uh, i would love to say his name um but you can find it all out there uh which was captured at banya and uh, i fully support what nick and stephen did there's a certain kind of camera that you can film the seances right well there there is a camera what we are using now which is a thermal camera which we're trying to um it seems to be less harmful um so this is the one we're going to hopefully get the better results from the thermal camera and um, the the infrared camera is a vibration now if you can imagine just for a moment put your mobile phone next to a radio and phone it it interrupts the signal even though you can't see it it interrupts it and the the infrared seems to interrupt the signal during the seance and that's where the medium can get burnt now, if you look through the lens of the camera at a mirror and turn out all the lights, you'll see like a white light flashing back at you. And that's where the harm comes from. It needs to have a surface to reflect off of. And that's why with oh, infrared cameras, they are more harmful to the medium than the, uh, the heat signal ones. But where um, Banyan was concerned, that they were able to capture this man being fraudulent with a infrared camera. And the guy tried to say it was the influence of the spirit. Now, if anyone knows about trance, that was not trance. They, they, he is stumbling around in the dark, uh, putting his arms out, trying to touch people. And the person so much damage and has preyed on the vulnerable minds. He will have to answer to that in the other world. Yeah, that's just it. We all are responsible for our own actions. But I can get it. So many of us, like I would be heartbroken to find out, and I'm sure with this man, so many people followed him and loved him and said, this is the real thing. And then to find out that 
he was getting out of the chair and you know moving things himself um it, it's heartbreaking i mean we lose we lose our hope and so i know with you you're really trying to reestablish the integrity of physical mediumship and reintroduce people or introduce people to some of the pioneers this is not yeah. something new to us you know the last 20 years i mean this has been going on for a long time yeah see that that's the sad thing about what we do is that um until we get it into the light people will be skeptical but uh, people were skeptical of alec harris and he did it in 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 the light he did it in white light at times and people were skeptical um and that's what drove two people to to bear hug the materialization and do a lot of damage and um and rip down the blackout where reporters were outside trying to photograph Alec being fraudulent and nothing came of it because he was genuine. Yeah. I, and I, I know it's probably, probably one of the reasons why there's so few physical mediums is you really would have to put yourself out there and how many people are willing, number one, to sit for so many years. And, and number two, you know, your reputation's on the line, mm. you're out there and there could be damage to you. So you find a place yeah. and Banyan is home, one of home for you demonstrating. Yes. See, we were lucky. Well, we weren't. We we were lucky to have Banyan and to have people who understand the complexities, but also who are Banyan is not schooled by rules. Where, like, if you go to in UK, we have a spiritual national union and spiritualist churches where you ask this and do that, and it becomes quite a re regime that you must do it like this, and if not, you can't do it, or you'll be kicked out. These centres are are basically allowed the natural unfoldment, and as long as it's not harmful to anyone, they support it. If it doesn't insult people's intelligence, they support it, and that's why I'm 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 a fiercer campaign of Banyan, but also Kingswell's House, which is in Aberdeen, um, allowed to be free to demonstrate, and we're allowed to be free. And there's no, you must give six pieces of information out first before you ask who it is. You have to get the height, death, etc. The spirit world don't want that. It's like, if, if Sandra, if you were in uh, the spirit world now and I asked a series of questions like, what colour top have you got on? What is your door number? What's this? What's that? It takes a moment of you to answer and you think, hang on, that's a bit personal. If, if I said to you now, Sandra, tell me a story about your life, you would flow into this communication and it will flow like a river. Mm -hmm. And we have to think the spirit world is the same. As mediums, we cannot demand. We have to create a condition and say to our friends, say, right, here I am. What would you like to say to your loved one? And let them tell the story. Because not everyone in the spirit world want to talk about they had throat cancer or lung cancer or, or they they wash to death. They don't. They want to talk about happy times and make you smile. They want to leave leave their loved one smiling. Scott, are there more physical mediumship mediums you think on Earth that don't know that they're physical mediums? And would you encourage people to start sitting? Absolutely. I think there are people out there who have the capability, but to have a physical medium is rare. But to have people that will sit to give themselves to develop that medium that's even more rarer yes and that's where we're failing we are not sitting right we are as mediumship as a whole if you if you wind back the clock 
you know, go back 25 years, 40 years, even 50 years, everywhere. Mediumship was above standard. Like we had names, addresses, phone numbers. We had links one after the other. And the standard of mediumship was extremely high. But today, I believe, and this is my humble opinion, is that we have lost spirituality out of spiritualism. And everyone is grabbing for the message. Everyone wants to be the big I am. And we've lost being humble. And we've lost the art of putting the spirit world first. And we're snatching. And actually, we don't demand of the spirit world. The spirit world asks from us to represent them. And we must represent them in the right way. Yes, and they're our partner. I mean, they want to explore. They want to experiment. They want to see what's possible. And, you know, we're so caught up with our computers and our cell phones and uh, Netflix and all this. How many of us want to set, spend an hour and a half, two hours every Tuesday night with the same group of people? You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. But it's possible. Yeah, I, I miss my birthdays. I, I was allowed to have Christmas off. Um, if we were going on holiday, we all as a circle had to agree a time where we can all have a breakaway. If it wasn't um, able to get a breakaway, then what we would do is that if I wasn't present, the circle would still sit without me. And if a circle member wasn't there or John wasn't there for whatever reason, we would still sit even though it was his house. And um, we were dedicated. But today, we have too much distractions and also, we're using too much technology to try and capture something. And if you notice that a lot of phenomena happens when the camera is not rolling. And if the spirit world wanted it to be known on TV, they, we would have been able to record Alec Harris. We would have been able to record Leslie Flint, record myself and record other people. It's not ready yet. The world's ready at the moment. Yeah. And I really want to encourage people through all these episodes is to start sitting, to start yes. working with your spirit team, to just say, I'm here. Yeah. Use but me. If you were to ask me my, my advice for anyone who's listening, who wants to develop, mm -hmm. I would say to them, find a very sacred space within your house, a time in the day where you can just sit quietly and ask yourself what you feel like. Where, where, when you see a child laugh for the first time and it makes you feel gooey or you see a puppy bark and it makes you feel funny and fuzzy, think of where you feel it. And as you sit, go to that area where you feel that fuzziness and say to the other world, I am here for you. Blend with me. And you may want to move into a prayer, but not prayer of dead words, which were written X amount of years ago, but a heartfelt affirmation by saying, like, dearest divine in night spirit you see us have to come to this your altar of peace to be a part of a great wholeness may my love build a bridge between our world and yours and if it is so your wish allow me to feel your love and if you just simply offer that prayer or offer that thought to the spirit world and sit quietly you'll get there yes silver birch through um, in the Hannah Swaffer circle, Silver Birch, the speaker of the spirit world, gave us a massive insight. He said, the activity of your world becomes the silence of ours. 
the silence of your world becomes the activity of ours. Which means, interpretation that, if we are busy in mind or if we're firing questions at the spirit world, we can't hear their response. We can't allow them to come closer. You know, you have to sit so you can feel well of power, to fill a reservoir of power so that you as mediums can actually draw upon this source and work. You know, we'll have many firework mediums. And what I mean by firework, people will just shoot into it and then they'll just go bang and that's it. Or you'll have people who can stand there and give extraordinary messages, but also extraordinary amounts of phenomena. You know, I've seen the medium sit there and the jewellery was taken off, placed next to them, and then they went into trance in light. And for an hour and a half, their hand did not move towards that jewellery whatsoever. Their hand stayed in a prayer position or, you know, like kind of cupping each other. And Magnus was speaking at the end of the demonstration. Colin went for his cigarettes and he went to so he got his cigarettes and he went to reach for his jewellery and said, where's my jewellery? And he, we looked at the table and the jewellery wasn't there. And we said, Colin, you know, no one's moved. The light's been on. No one's touched your jewellery. And he put his hand out into the out of the air and he said, Charlie, bring it back. And there was like a shimmer of light and his necklace, ring and watch appeared in the air and landed in his hand. Landed in his hand? Yeah, landed in his hand. Wow. Incredible. And this was done in front of about 30 people. There's Colin, no denying that. I mean, it's fantastic. No, no but you have, again, you have to be there to experience it. You do. We're almost out of time with this episode, but I just want you to just finish, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing. The Spirit World likes to have fun with you when you, <laughs> at, the, at the end of a seance. Yes. Can you just say some of the, the fun things that they do to you? <laughs> Mind you, anybody listening, Scott is in this cabinet. He is tied down to a chair with those zip ties or whatever those plastic zip ties are. And I mean, really tied down. And many people search to make sure there's no way you're getting up. That it's not a fraudulent chair. I mean, you are strapped down to that thing. Yeah, the, the ties we use are policeman handcuff ties. So they're, they're zip ties, which the police use to restrain people. Um, they put them on and then they replace them. Um, so these are zip ties, which are, are extremely strong. Um, they've only shattered twice during a demonstration. Um, but I've had my legs put through the arms of a chair, which you see on my website. So the legs are tied to the chair and they're in front of me. And then at the end of the demonstration, They've been put through the arms of the chair and they're still bound. So my legs have gone through the wood um, in the Kingswell's house. And we did a demonstration there and the other world said, are we allowed to experiment? And Eileen Davis and um, Debbie Camus said yes. And they were asked to put their hand into the cabinet. They felt my hand. They felt the strap, which is holding me down to the chair. They put their arm up and they crossed me and felt me there. And they put their arm back down. And as they put their arm back down, Daniel said, do it again. So they, they put their hand back on. They went up my arm. The strap is still intact. And as they got to my, um, just before my shoulder, there was no body there. And you can hear 
Debbie going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Eileen's doing the same. But as Eileen put her hand up, she's got my head suspended in the air, but there's nothing attached to it. Now, that is very hard to believe. But again, believe not a word I say until you experience it yourself. But the spirit world said they were starting to demonetize me, so me from the room. But they were taking me bit by bit. Um, I've woken up upside down. I've woken up in uh, around the other side of the room. I've woken up backwards. I've woken up with my clothes turned backwards. I've woken up with the curtains stuffed down the back of my clothes. I've um, woken up being um, stitched to the chair. <laughs> I've woken up with the curtains at the front tied in intricate knots all the way down. Head through and it's done with intricate knots down the front and down the back um it's strange sometimes when you wake up uh you wake up um sometimes that they've just dropped you and so they've levitated the chair and all of a sudden you you hear massive bang and you can feel that go through your body and you wake up and then you realize you're you're out of the circle so you've been taken over people's heads it's incredible. And I've witnessed some of this. And really, you have to experience it to believe it, to know it. Um, and it's playful. It's fun. There's laughter. There's singing. Not great singing, but it's just a great time. But above and beyond <laughs> any of it is when you hear the evidence coming through, when you hear the voices of the loved ones, when you feel, uh, you know, you see some of the toys floating around the room or the trumpets moving or, you know, I witnessed all those presents being unwrapped at the same time and being played with by invisible children. When you witness this, you really get that there is no death. There is not. There's a life that's just as real in the other world. And, and they're here for us. Did you see them eating chocolate? on that one i did were they eating chocolate oh they, they sometimes eat chocolate apples marshmallows and they'll eat half of it and you see their their teeth indentation wow. and uh, at uh buckland's hall which was in wales a few years ago they brought in an orange and they'd taken a bite out of it and it, it left good teeth imprints into orange and you know it leaves juices so you can smell the citrine and this guy who tied me down was, was a, a bit sceptical. And he came up and he was asked to sniff my fingers. He smelt my fingers. He smelt my breath. He smelt around me. There was no smell of oranges. And I had to then turn the orange upside down when he was happy. And I bit into it. And my teeth imprints were different to the teeth imprints which were left by the spirit people. Oh, that's but just incredible. We get hand molds. So they go over and they, they press, press their hand into clay or press their hands in, into uh, you get a perfect child's hand. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you, it's, it's great. Oh, we're running out of time, so I don't want to go too much longer, but I oh. want to encourage our listener. Well, no, I, but I, there is going to be bonus material for you who's listening at the end of this episode, so you want to listen in. Um, but I want to ask everybody who's interested in this to go to Scott's website, Scott Milligan. Dot net. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can easily go just in the description. I've got an easy link to that. And then also go to uh, my website, our website, we don't die radio.com and click on uh, the, this episode with Scott Milligan because I have some special links there as well. But on Scott's website, yes, I did mention those CDs, those audios you can download. Uh, he does have a store there though as well. And you can see actually pictures of the app ports. And these are, these are things that materialize in the seance room. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, and so much more. And there are those that are listening to this that think, you know, I'm really interested in this. And certainly, uh, I invite people to come see Scott in person. Uh, I know you'll be, well, you do a lot of things, but you give workshops and demonstrations. Uh, the only place I've seen you thus far is at the wonderful Banyan Retreat Center, um, uh, which I, I'll be there this November. Voices. Oh, bring, bring, bring Willy jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, voicesofthepast.co.uk. That's uh, the workshop, the five-day workshop that's just brilliant at uh, Banyan Retreat Center. And uh, Scott, did I miss anything or you want to share any closing words or about Banyan? I, I, I was Banyan is, is superb and they, they represent everything that is supposed to be spiritual in life. But I want to just leave you with some thoughts that, with Eric, he said to me, as I said to you, the greatest lie in this world is death, because there is no death. Death is but a doorway that each of us will walk through. If you are investigating communication, never give up. And if you are sitting for phenomena, realize that when the trumpet lifts, it's a signpost for something greater to come. You are, I would change being a medium to a healer. And the reason I say that is because you're a healer between the two worlds. You're healing the need of the bereaved as well as healing the need of the spirit. Remember, the spirit world comes first. And if you wish, just ask the other world and release that thought for them and power, they'll bring it to you. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. No problem. I'm sorry I've waffled. I've re- There's so much I want to talk to you about and... <laughs> it's perfect because for most people this is just an introduction so this doesn't have to be the last and one and only time that you're on the show uh, but we've given everybody a taste of it and they're going to stay listening for some bonus material at the end uh, but to our listener also I, I really encourage you to check out scottmilligan.net find out more about scott uh, check out banyan retreat is it banyanretreat.co dot uk now i can't remember but if you go to voices of the past dot co dot uk it takes you to banyan's website can i just just sure. say something as yes. well just sorry i this this is i don't like selling stuff i don't i don't do all of that but um i just wanted to let you know that the the profit vd towards the shop as in the the upmarket shop this is my family business and it goes all towards them because eventually what we want to do is build up enough that maybe we can then get a centre uh, and then hopefully run a centre where it will be focused solely on the altered states, which is trance and physical. But it doesn't go in my pocket. It goes into the family pot, which then we, we try and then grow and, and get things. Like um, if we need new, new patterns for the same service or that, we try and sort it out that way. Mm. So when we Sorry, that's the, my little... That's, no, it's perfect. When you go to the store on your website, scottmilligan.net, yes. there's um, all kinds of things you can purchase there. and that... that's, that's correct. That goes from anything from uh, spirit boards to sounds trumpets to uh, CDs, DVDs. Uh, Eileen Davis does a trance CD as well. Um, we're just about to do a meditation CD, and we're going to do like a little chat because people can't always get to Banyan on to me so we're going to do a recording of a like a kind of class if you will where I'll, I'll give you some kind of techniques which will help you uh, sit and work with the power 
and work with your understanding of, of your mediumship. But all the profit doesn't go into my pocket. It goes towards the the upmarket uh, 22 shop. And we, we want to grow that and then hopefully get a center and then move that into the center as well. Mm, thank you so much for all you do, Scott, because I know you're passionate about it. We get to have a taste of it. But I know working together, we can bring phenomena alive in all of our lives and to really have an understanding and a knowing that your loved ones are around and that your life is for a purpose and it yeah. is it, it is not magic it's reality that uh, that we don't die and uh so scott i love you lo- lots lots and lots and lots and i can't wait to see you in november erica you know <laughs> but just think your podcast how quick that's growing so yes. that shows you that it's a force an invisible force behind it which is the spirit that is moving you and is touching the listeners the listeners are, are coming um now and they're starting to wake up to the reality which shows inwardly they are ready to to explore this wonderful world that will change your life forever. Oh, it's so great. And invite people to go to our Facebook group, We Don't Die Listeners. I just introduced this map, Scott, that people can just put in their their name, if you like, and where you live. Uh, not the street address, but the city and town. And this map is just populating with all these like-minded people that are interested in this. So, Yes, we're an internet community, but before long, I'm going to see several people in my area and we're going to get together for lunch, you know, and we really have this opportunity to uh, change the world together. This world at the moment is is a bit up and down and there's a lot of bad things happening. And if you can get a group of people who come together with love in their heart and say, look, we won't feed this, we're going to give it kindness and, and sit and say to the other world, well, here I am, it's going to make stop wars. Yes. You know, as spiritualists, we can take our shoes off and walk into any temple, any church, any synagogue and breathe in the atmosphere. But would that religion do the same for us? I don't know. And has our religion ever started war? Or has it brought peace? Right. Oh, Scott, this has been wonderful. Just wonderful. But it is time to conclude because your friend and mine, Nick from Banyan, is my next interview and i need to call him in a few minutes time uh so for our listener it's it's easy for you because you can just continue listening to the bonus great stuff that we have on this episode uh but just in closing i want to thank everybody for listening thank you for your time thank you for your discovery thank you scott thank you for your own discovery as to what's possible for you and your life and if we don't die what does that mean about you you are a soul having a human experience that's what i say Okay, so this is not the end of the episode. What we have now will be played four different sound clips that have been taken from Scott's seances. Now, he does have different people that he that speak through him, his controls, what they're called. The very first one comes from Scott's CD called Pearls of Wisdom. This is Eric talking. He's the, the very, very wise man, and he'll be talking about apports. These are the things that come out of nowhere. And he mentions Daniel, and Daniel is a feisty guy that represents himself as a, as a young man who actually died when he was older. But Daniel brings a lot of humor into the seances. Daniel helps with our loved ones coming through. 
Daniel is an integral part of a seance because he brings a lot of laughter. And what we might not have spoken about, but is how laughter is the best energy for producing phenomena and helping your loved ones to come through. So our second audio is going to be you hearing from Daniel directly about Daniel's life and him passing to spirit. And when the gentleman here mentioned the young man, they're referring to Scott. Now, the third recording is called Invocation from Morning Star, and this comes from Scott's CD called Introducing the Austin Wish Circle. And Morning Star is the person that comes through. He'll be talking on this clip about living life on Earth, how the greatest lie to us human beings is death. It's so filled with wisdom. The fourth recording you'll hear is by Eric. It's from Scott CD called Inspiration from the Light. And it's just a three minute clip about the world which awaits you. So I hope you enjoy them. And I want to invite you, just write this down if you can, go to wedontdieradio.com and episode 188. If you look at that, there'll be something you can highlight and click on that says bonus material. I've created a website with some of these clips that you can hear. In addition to, Scott has generously given me permission to share with you three full-length seances from the magnificent medium Colin Fry. And these aren't published anywhere else, and they're very, very interesting. You can hear so much laughter, so many words of wisdom, and actually hear people's deceased relatives coming through. So you'll actually get a feeling of what it's like to be in a seance. So please go to wedontdieradio.com, click on episode 188, and you'll see where it says bonus material. So secret between you and me is that's all right there for you. Okay, so all right, get ready to listen. These are great. Here's the first one, Eric talking about apports. Sometimes um, apports are brought in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And very appropriate apports. Yeah. yeah. Um, how does the spirit world find those apports? Oh. Being they're not wanted or not loved. Yeah. yeah. There isn't a lost property office in the spirit world. Oh. Well, my friend, may I say this to you, and thank you for enriching my experience. (laughs) Our ports, my friend, must come from a place of unloved or where it has been abused. Indeed, there is law that we cannot take certain objects even though they'll be at the bottom of the sea as it will be of monetary gain. It can be abused by those who we give the gift of Apport too. Young Daniel is not a grave robber or steals from the dead. But if it is a necessity, then indeed we will. Just recently, the young man, through the love of those present, was able to allow his body for an Asport to become an Apport. An asport is where we take it away, and an apport is where we bring it. And we were able to bring an apport of considerable size. But, my friend, it became an enigma. Because there will be another one that will be given through another medium 
which will bring both together. It has been chosen to give confidence not only to the one who receives the apot, but also to who are present. Thank you. You are indeed most welcome. Okay, here's the second one. This is Daniel talking about his life and passing to spirit. So Daniel, when you were on the physical plane, what were you doing? Drinking my ducky, but I took the bottle faster than I could swallow. And if I could say there is a reason why Mr. Eric calls it the devil's brew. Yeah. Because it can destroy your life. Yeah, it can. But when I was younger, much younger than what I am now, I used to collect the car with the wagon and the horses down. Yeah. That's hard work. Yeah. Yes. I used to call it a skiff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Nick the car mm. off the wagon. But all I say is at least I had the brains to be warm at that. Yes. Too many people are too proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what year were you on the physical plane? In 1954. Uh, okay. I remember 54 very well. Um, I don't remember much before that. I, I remember one time uh, seeing uh, a show about uh, sneaking under the behind, you know, you're getting through the back door. Yeah. I remember that, and I remember being turfed out of it, and as I was turfed out, I was pushed down the stairs. And I remember breaking my finger. Oh. Oh. Uh, it'd be evidential when I materialise, because you'll see the broken finger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I'm a broken thing now. <laughs> I remember when I used to go to places, I used to put straw on the floor and it didn't mop up any sick and shavings like. Oh. Was that a long time ago? But it wasn't that long ago, I have to say. But it's just a way of life. Life's changed. Was it a good show? I don't remember much of that. I remember going, I remember going down. I remember trying to make my own hail and it just went terribly wrong. I remember the time that you used to be able to drink anything really. Everything used to be watered down. A gin, you used to make slow gin. Yeah, awful stuff. <laughs> Have you chosen to work with Scott? If I said to you, Ducky, we chose each other. Oh, and if I said this, uh, when I came uh, over, I had the potential of moving objects by thought. Okay. So I used to think things and things would move in your world. And I used to think it was quite a good game, really. <laughs> Someone brighter than myself said that I had a purpose. And I had a purpose to do things of good. And I said, what's that then? And they said, I'll be able to talk to people. Because I noticed that when I moved things, they screamed and didn't talk to me. And people used to scream when I moved things. They didn't talk to me. Oh, I see. I remember a priest once. He came and he 
said I was a devil. So I thought I'll shank him and I was gentle in the side. I said, please God, that day, come and save him. There was a lady at the back wanted to say something, or towards the back wanted to say something on that side. I'm being terribly rude. No, you're not. Um, there was yeah, a lo- sorry, just, I don't know if it's too sensitive, but how did you pass? Um, I came out of the local watering hole. <laughs> and I slipped. Oh. And as I slipped, I banged my head. Oh. And as I banged my head, I must have got back up, but I don't remember that. Because I remember laying in the ditch on the side of the road, but I wasn't met by anyone that I could say I'm living that would have stopped to help me. And time stood still for me. I must have been there for a good hour. But then my mother came and said, You know, get up. And I said, What are you doing? You're dead. And she said, So are you. Wasn't that great? Okay, here is Morningstar with his invocation about living life on earth and about death being the greatest lie. The sun, with your kind permission, and speak to my brothers and sisters. On this time of celebration, when our world will become yours, this day we mark on the journey of unfolding to the endless sunshine that awaits you as you open your minds and your hearts as we send the bountiful love to you with the great truth that you cannot die. Stand firm in your beliefs in the truth Do not allow your flame to flicker by the voice of those who wish to say you lie. As the greatest lie in your world is death as there is no death. In each and every one of you is a light that has come from the great source of power. This light cannot be hidden, but can only be shared to those who wish to seek out the truth. 
I wish to say to each and every one of you, simplest of question, why are you here? You may give me words to be wrapped in pretty paper, but each and every one of you have been woken by the voice of the Great Spirit. And it is this time, this day, that we together must explore a facet as known as mediumship. You have all come to a crossroads in your development. You may have come from different places and walked a different path, but at this time your hearts will beat as one. As our friend said to you, that be three like the leaf in the great wind. Allow our breath to carry you. Do not fight against the tide of change, my friends. Be like water, as water is the softest element in your world that can overcome a rock and stone. Do not fill your minds with your tomorrows. Do not ponder on your yesterday. Live for this minute, this second. Then we from the unseen world can use you, my friends. Be truthful in all that you do. You are our tomorrows. We are only dead to this world if we are forgotten. You have made an old man very happy to know that each and every one of you will be the voice of our world. Inside each and every one of you is endless sunshine. For you to reach out to our world, you must look within, as that is the power, the bridge that will connect us to you. To know oneself will allow us to walk by your side. This day, is the desire of my world to unfold those gifts that each of you have. Do not follow the footsteps of others. To do so you stand in the shadow of your fellow man. Make your own footsteps. But do not allow anyone in your world to bend your truth, as that will knock your confidence, as confidence is a tower of marbles, easily knocked, but not so easily rebuilt. 
we will stand by your side as long as your hearts are pure and you do not wish to become a stuffsher we will assist you in every footstep that you take enjoy these times that we have with one another I have been asked to be the voice of my world at this time. As one voice, my friends, we welcome you all here. There are so many in your world that are sleepwalking, that have not been woken by the voice of the Spirit. I say to you again, why are you here? And your answers may change, but who is right and who is wrong? It is your desire as well as ours, as you are all the instruments of the divine power of the Great Spirit. And here's the final clip, the world which awaits you. And it's Eric speaking. Even though we will refer to it as the world that awaits you, it is merely a footstep in front of you. If I could say this to you, the world in which you came from, the world in which you returned to, is very much like a star you can see it there, but it's just outside its grasp. It does not mean that we within the world that awaits you cannot touch you. As we come to you in love and understanding, not in judgment, We are there to inspire your minds, not to insult your intelligence. Speak to us as you would speak of thread. Do not wrap your words in pretty paper, as it will devalue the message that you wish to speak of. Those who wish to commune with the world that awaits you. Just sit and allow us to get used to your vibration. Whatever symbol of hope you carry within your heart, may it be with you and bless you all. You must imagine that each of your gifts is wrapped in the most delicate of gossamer must be opened reverently and freely. And do not be in a rush, my friends. Whatever you can't achieve today, there is always tomorrow. What you can't achieve tomorrow, 
There's always next year. Remember that, my friend. Take it from an old dead man. <laughs> what you don't achieve in this world will await you in the well to greet you home. The greatest lie in your world is death as there is no death. It is but a doorway that each of you must walk through. We are ageless and we are deathless. And just a reminder to go to wedontdieradio.com, go to episode 188 and click on where it says bonus material if you want to hear those seances from the magnificent medium Colin Fry. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Oh,